Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. All right, today on the show, we've got Athena Finger, granddaughter of Bill Finger, the co-creator of Batman. Athena, how's it going? Do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Um, So, Athena, I'm the granddaughter of Bill Finger, who is the co-creator and the original writer for Batman. Um, That's my side job. (laughs) (laughs) My real job. Uh, I teach math at a local college here in South Florida. Cool. So we'll just kick it off. So we recently watched the Hulu documentary, Batman and Bill, um, about Bill Finger, the co-creator of Batman, getting his credit. Uh, For those who haven't seen the documentary, would you mind just recapping that story and what that story means from your perspective? Sure. Um, Well, my grandfather for 76 years was basically um, unknown and uncredited for his creations in the Batman mythos. Um, He took Bob Kane's original idea and changed it to not be bright red with blonde hair and a little domino mask with big stiff wings. He's uh, he's like, that's not going to scare anyone, first of all. Um, (laughs) It's scary to look at it retroactively. It's going to be a bat. You should look like a bat. (laughs) So he he changed the original and gave him the cowl and the cape and the color scheme and the more mysterious, darker edge of the character. Um, Came up with the concept of why he became Batman. Came up with most of the villains. you know, he got tired of writing for Batman speaking only to himself and making him look like a crazy person. We do inner dialogue all the time now, but, you know, back in the 30s and 40s, crazy people talked to themselves. So he needed a sidekick, so Robin came in. So he really molded the whole universe for that character within his writing. And so, unfortunately, uh, he didn't get the byline like the Siegel and Schuster boys did. Um, Bob Kane went and, and got sole credit for the character and didn't mention anyone else, which was standard for the time. Um, but it sucks. <laughs> I mean, 76 years is a long time to not be recognized for a creation that is worldwide. Um, and very relevant and popular in our culture today. Um, But now he has the credit. You see his name attached to everything. Um, We got credit for him back in 2015, so that was amazing. And, um, you know, it's really a a time of celebrating for our family with, with that resolution. Definitely. And he's such an unsung hero. Uh, and responsible for so much of what we love about Batman. And it's it's amazing to see him get his credit. Uh, spoiler alert for those listening, Bill does get his credit in the end, which is amazing. And on that note, we've been wondering, you are called in this documentary the heir to Batman. Do you want to explain to the audience what that means and how you feel about that as a title? It's, uh, it's kind of overwhelming. I mean, I've always been, quote unquote, considered royalty. Um, but unknown royalty, you know, it's, it's, um, 
it's been a, it's been a weird road to get to the point on where we can actually celebrate and say, yeah, we are, we are the, the heirs, the people who are going to stand up for Bill's legacy for what he did for what he represents. Um, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been <laughs> very interesting. It used to be a hard thing to engage in, or even seeing the Batman symbol was kind of an eyesore. So it just reminded me of the fact that he wasn't getting the recognition or the credit or or any of the stuff that comes with that. But now he does. So it's it's uh, it's coming to the other side. It's coming to the positive side. And I keep saying, you know, this really is what he deserved. Um, fortunately, I get to mm-hmm. enjoy it, but I mean, I represent him and I mm-hmm. really try to represent him the best way I can. Do you feel happy now? Do you feel like you can move on or do you still feel that pressure of being the heir to Batman? Um, well, I mean, it's it's a big thing. I mean, it is. It's uh, It still kind of blows me away when people get starstruck around me, because in my mind, I mean, I didn't grow up in the culture. So in my mind, I'm just a math teacher that (laughs) has a pretty boring life and, um, you know, is fortunate enough to be able to do some of the things that I really love doing. Teaching is one of them. And so when people do get a little like, Oh my God, (laughs) I get all giddy and weird about it. <laughs> I'm like, what? Um, I'm getting used to it, though. It's That's a completely different world altogether. Um, you know, I just, I really try to be as gracious with the fans as much as possible. Because the way I look at it is what, without the fans, we wouldn't have what we have today. We wouldn't have the many different stories of Batman and we wouldn't have the different worlds and we wouldn't have all the stuff that I have no idea about because I don't read comics, (laughs) but there's so much out there and it's not just the comics, it's the movies, it's the cartoons, it's the everything that they put out with the Batman. And, you know, the fans are the ones that, that want it. They demand it. And so when I do meet the fans, I'm, like I said, extremely gracious, and um, I talk to all of all of them. I, I've had so many reach out to me, and I always say hello and thank you, and you know, I do what I can for the fans. Really, that's that's really where I put that energy, that nervous energy that I get when I'm doing that. <laughs> These are the people that made it happen. They really did. They. Like I said, they demand it, and they demand the stories, but they also demanded the truth, and that that played a huge role in Bill getting the credit that he deserved. Mm-hmm. That there was a public outcry for it. Oh, definitely. And to Bill's credit, what's interesting is that based on the stories and the in the writing that he did, it was so good that and his legacy is so powerful that it continues on to this day to the point that fans of Batman are now so starstruck when they meet you, his granddaughter, at a convention. I completely agree. So we just talked about the end of the documentary um, and getting Bill his credit. Let's take it back as far as you can remember about Bill and his story. Did you always know about Bill Finger and that story? Was that something that was, I know in the in the documentary, you might have said something effective, like it was at one point a, like a dark shadow or something to that effect. Um, 
Um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I kind of always knew. I never met him. He passed away before I was born. So I don't have any personal experiences with him. Um, but I mean, I don't remember a time of not knowing. I mean, other than being like a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I really like, even my childhood, I don't really remember a time that we, I didn't know of what my grandfather did. Wow. It was that important to my dad. Wow. Uh, I think it was really heartbreaking for my dad to see that his father never got the recognition that he deserved or the credit that he deserved or even just the support. When his dad was destitute, conviction notice, no money, alone. Right. Bob Kane had millions of dollars and a mansion in Beverly Hills. Right. It is literally the polar opposite. And your father, too, based on uh, what we watched, also tried his best to fight uh, to get Bill credit. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, we all tried. Wow. When he was with my mother, he tried, they tried together. Um, Bill's second wife tried to get him some kind of recognition when the 89 movie came out. I mean, uh, it's not that we didn't try. It's just, you know, we've been discouraged. We've been told that it's impossible. It's going to cost too much. You can't go against a big publication like that. You're, right. you, have, you don't have a leg to stand on. You know, you're just, you're really discouraged from fighting. And where were you at in that fight when Mark approached you in the documentary? Were you already fighting that fight again? Had, had everyone given up? No, it had been 15, it had been yeah, almost 15 years since I really did anything or talked about it. Wow. He's a, he's the reason why I started talking about it again. And I saw, obviously, that was a very moving thing. I mean, there were people in high school that I, like, hey, you know, I know that you're a comic book enthusiast. This is who my grandfather was. And they're like, holy shit, that's awesome. Pardon my French. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it was, it was something that I wasn't talking about because when I was younger in grade school, it's. You know, I was, it was the 80s. We didn't have the internet. You know, <laughs> we didn't have the way to share the information that we have um, in the manner that we do now. So when I was in grade school, I didn't have a book to say, hey, look, this is what my grandfather did. Or, hey, look, he has his own wiki page. Look exactly. At it. it tells you everything that he did. Here, go to the DC Comics website and look at all the titles that he wrote. You know, like. I didn't have those at my fingertips as a child. So people always questioned. They, they looked at you cocked and, you know, called you a liar. Cause they're like, mm-hmm. I it, just don't see it. It's, you know, like it's an interesting point because given that there was no internet, that kind of ties into like Mark's journey into trying to find all those details, but because there was no internet to just let everybody know the truth about who created what it took like all that digging. Right. Oh, it took a lot of digging. I mean, even when he was doing his research, I mean, the internet had been around, but it hadn't been around like it is now. It's even more like so much more information available now versus 10 years ago. Exactly. And he found found your MySpace page. Do you still have that MySpace page? Oh, no. (laughs) That's a question I bet everybody's wondering from the dog. No, you're the first person. What? Yes. 
awesome. Yay! <laughs> Woo, nice. And I'm sure you're probably like, all right, now you're going to ask about the time you first reached out to DC and what was it like, which is my next question. It's important to have fun on these. Uh, it so, was really cool the first time I went yeah. to the DC office. It was, a, it was a beautiful experience. It really was. Um, Paul Levitz invited me to the office. He took me on the tour. That's Anybody awesome. could go and have the tour of the office if you wanted to be at the time. I don't think they do that in <laughs> Burbank anymore. But if when they were in New York, if you wanted to get a tour, you could get a tour. Wow. They had really cool things there. They had big murals and they had props and they had rides, you know, kitty rides. And they had all kinds of really cool stuff there. It's so cool. Um, and so Paul invited me over to the office and gave me and my friend a tour. And we got a a gift bag each of us with a bunch of goodies in it he said i have you know i have something for you i'm like what the heck does this guy have <laughs> <for> you? <laughs> he's like it's the last script that your grandfather submitted in dc comics whoa that's and it's crazy. the only thing that we have from your grandfather a script for a film or a tv show or no it was the last comic strip oh comic strip submitted to dc the friday that oh he that's it. right are you able to say what it was for or like what it was? Or is that kind of like a... It was, um, yeah, it's in print. It's, uh, the story is for one of their weird science or mysterious something or other. It's about marionette puppets that are wow. really alive, but they're like Dracula and Wolfman and all of those kinds of you know horror creatures. But they're marionettes, but they're really alive, and they do a marionette show. And the script that he showed you, that was the original typed yeah, copy? Yeah, like he submitted the actual wow. typed script, yes. And when you were at DC, were there other... You ended up getting invited to premieres and stuff, too, shortly thereafter, right? Right. He invited me to the Dark Knight premiere, um, which was amazing. What a first one to go to. Right. It was so cool. Um, and then, you know, I've been able to go to um, all the Batman ones. And then I also went to the Green Lantern one since my grandfather created the original Green Lantern. Ah, so Bill Finger did create the original Green Lantern. Yes. Okay. Harry was correct. Harry, we were looking this up earlier. And Harry was like, I think this is true. He's like, oh, maybe it's not. So nice. Oh, so yeah. The that. original Green Lantern he created. Um, he came up with another character called Wildcat. He wrote the first kryptonite story for superman what um he wrote for marvel timely back then um he wrote for everyone and anything and everything i mean he was a writer he needed the work <laughs> wow <laughs> you know? yeah we but all he, do we need a paycheck but he didn't just write he wrote iconic epic legendary yes. things that billions he of people know about. extremely ahead of his time and he was a man of his craft he really was and his forward thinking really like latched on to telling these stories and that's where he just he ran with it and he loved it that's what he wanted to do and where were you at with getting bill his credit um before mark reached out to you would you have kept fighting to get his credit at some point later on down the road, or I really don't know. I really hadn't thought about it because at the time I was in school, um, in the middle of getting my degree, raising a small child, mm -hmm. and my husband, who was much older than me, you know, had started a new job and had health issues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, like I was 
so stuck in suburbia and just trying to make my way that I wasn't thinking about Batman. Like Batman had not been on my mind for many years. In fact, that during those years were the times where, like I said, kind of like in the documentary, those were where Batman was kind of just looming over me like a dark cloud. Like I am still here and I need to be dealt with, but you know, who the hell knows what to do at this point, you know? So I had a question about conventions. You, um, in the documentary, it seems like you're traveling a lot to different conventions. Is that true? Are you um, heavily involved in the fandom culture or what's that look I like? Um, I am currently actually doing more. Um, this year I've actually started purchasing tables since I've been creating my own art. Um, so I'm trying to really push the paintings that I've been doing. Um, and so I, before with the Bill Finger story was still not resolved i was out there campaigning and talking to the fans and back in 2014 was the 75th anniversary of batman so that was kind of a a turning point in the whole story because then i was extremely public um and doing interviews and being special guests and really being new and fresh to the scene and really pushing for the the correct history of Batman to come out. Um, so timing played a huge role with that and being able to be brought into the scene by the right people. Um, fortunately, I was put in touch with um, Travis Langley, who works with WizardCon. And he, um, you know, he was like, come to St. Louis. It's a great first one. That's the first time I ever did a panel. That's the first time I ever went to a con. It was the first time I had ever done anything of that at all. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was so much fun. My son and I went. We had a good time. We got to meet Adam West. We got to meet Neil Adams at that one. And, like, uh, Greg Capullo was sitting at the table next to us. Like we had all this really great positive experiences and people came to actually meet me. And I thought, you know, I uh, being a newbie to the whole thing, I was like <laughs> totally like, why do you want to meet me? Like I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, and you <laughs> said that you were, that it's not me. It's what I represent. And I really have to embrace that because people really want to be part of that. They want some connection and, and I have to be that connection. I want to be that connection for people because um, I know the the importance of it. So, you know, going from that and then the one after that, holy cow, I went from <laughs> a regular size convention to San Diego. Wow. <laughs> it was like, but I was a special guest there. So it was, it was overwhelming, but had escorts and I was at my table a lot of the time or I was in a panel. So I wasn't really part of the madness on the showroom floor, which is, I mean, it's just so massive and there's just so many people like it's, I don't know if you've ever gone, but I I have not gone to the San Diego one. But at the same time, it's just, it's It's, so intense. Yeah. It's overwhelming. You're literally royalty there. Like you have escorts and that's crazy. well, being a special guest, yes. <laughs> special guests. That's awesome. Uh, but, I mean, they also, they've been giving out the Bill Finger Award um, at that convention for many years wow. now. Wow, I didn't know uh, that. 
Have you heard of the Bill Finger Award? No, I have not heard of that. Harry, have you heard of the Bill Finger Award at uh, San Diego Comic Con? You have. He has. Okay. Tell us about it. What's it? What is well, it? There's. It's, it's yeah. for people who for writers want ah. to see someone live. So two people receive the award every year. That's great. Who are in the industry? So who are writers? That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was actually really cool. The first year that we were there, my son is a huge Beatles fan. Huge, huge. Really? Okay. And so one of the writers for the Yellow Submarine movie received the Bill Finger Award the year that we were there for the first time. It was really cool. cool. It was super special. Like that whole thing was like just magical. It really was. Everything was so cool. My son really wanted to meet Weird Al. Yeah, (laughs) Weird Al. That's awesome. It was just really like super awesome experience. Yeah, who doesn't love Weird Al? Um, and so you know, it was just. I'm glad it was a positive experience because it could have been something completely different. I really try to build the momentum off of that. So I continue to go to cons. I post when I go to cons. People still come be- specifically because I go to that con, and it doesn't matter the size of the con. I've gone to. Literally the tiniest little room in a hotel that's a con for five hours Wow! on a Sunday. And people still show up specifically to see me. That's so cool. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. How many cons total have you gone to, would you say? Oh, that I was a guest or attending? Uh, I guess both. Either or and. I don't know. That's a lot because I've been doing it now for about four years. And I would say close to 25. 25, maybe, maybe wow. Between 25 and 30. And that's like every couple of weeks or that's like, I can't do the math off the top. Well, no, <laughs> I started going to cons in 2014. The first one okay. I went to was it the first weekend of April. Gotcha. So we're almost to the first weekend of April. So that's four years of doing conventions. And I've gone to several. I mean, awesome. I've even done international ones. Back in 2015, I went to Mexico twice in the beginning part of the year before Bill got his credit for this one particular convention. They invited me out there twice that year um, as a guest. Uh, I mean, it's been really cool, the experiences that I've been able to have uh, meeting the fans and, and telling the Bill Finger story. And the Bill Finger story and trying to get his credit, this has been going on since long before the documentary. I mean, this isn't new. Well, I mean, DC has always known about me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they reached out to me after my father passed away. I have a, a letter from them addressed to me with some publications that they printed. Wow. Um, so it's not that they didn't know about me. It's just that the, the comic world didn't know about me until recently. Wow. What's the weirdest encounter you've had at a convention? The weirdest and what, well, what's your criteria? For <laughs> I guess I guess at a con everybody's dressed up like uh, somebody else, so that's there's already kind of like a you know different kind of bar set. Um, I don't know what's the weirdest fan reaction or maybe the mo- most memorable uh, fan experience. Is there one that stands out? Well, um, okay. Well, it was weird in a way. It was in Mexico City. This. And he was so sweet, and I felt really bad for him. But for some reason, he just needed my approval on everything. And he stood at my table for two days. Wow. Showing me every single piece of artwork he had ever done. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was, I mean, he was a kid. He was like, 
I don't know, 18 maybe. I mean, he was young, but he just really wanted me to give him approval of everything. It's just like, wow, dude, like my opinion really doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe he's out there based on your approval. Like he's maybe he's the next, you know, the next Bill Finger. Yeah, Who knows? Very, like your stuff is good. Like his, I mean, he was the the comic that he was making was wasn't anything like super detailed, but it was it was very much like um, you know the books like School is Hell and Love is Hell, the the early back growing cartoons that he did before he did the simpsons do you know what i'm talking about uh no wow i feel extremely (laughs) old wait who are we who who are you referring to who made them the guy who invited invented the simpsons oh matt groaning yes yeah okay so before he did the simpsons he had these books out in the 80s they were comics kind of like garfield format but not really but they were comics and they were one was school was hell school was hell love is hell you can google it interesting and and this and this kid's comics were kind of that really rough rudimentary but it worked you know what i mean like it wasn't super high detailed Mm -hmm. it wasn't like oh my god it's so splashy it was it had a good storyline and it the drawings were good but it was very basic you know what i'm saying definitely and i told him that i'm like these are great like the story (laughs) is great the characters are great like you've got my approval dude (laughs) (laughs) now go on and do it yeah (laughs) go on and make it a thing but you know as a teacher approval is important that's important to kids yeah that positive reinforcement i fully get it but i mean he literally stood (laughs) wow it was kind of weird now i recently (laughs) had another reaction that i never would have expected from someone so i recently did a convention in west palm beach and a person came up to my table and he realized who i was he's like wait you're athena finger he goes wait i just watched your documentary the other day with my brother and i'm like oh did you like it he's like i really did and then he started crying oh and i'm like oh my god he's like I can't believe I'm crying. <laughs> but he's like, your story touched me. I, I, my heart just like went out to this guy. I was like, oh my God, I had to get up and go around the table and give him a big hug. Aww. He's like, I just, I can't believe I'm meeting you. Like your story is so me. Like I was just like, again, thrown back by that. I was like, wow. I'll, what do you say to someone that's crying over your story? You know? Wow. What a, a very emotional reaction. Everybody, can relate to an underdog story or a story where they don't get the credit they deserve and they want that credit. Um, how does your son feel about all of this? Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> he loves running around and acting <laughs> like a celebrity. Um, even when we did the Hulu events, um, when we went to New York City for, um, we did a sneak peek with a panel, you know, he had, running around like behind the scenes, you know, we didn't have to go through the common grounds and he's like, Oh my goodness. And we're in the green room with Ralph Macchio and hanging out. Karate kid. (laughs) He's loving it. He's acting like a little, you know, celebrity as he should. But my son's very grounded. I mean, we didn't, again, he wasn't part of that culture until he was 12 almost. He was almost 12. Okay. So, I mean, he would already, you know, had the hard knocks of not having mm-hmm. 
he kind of had the same experiences in his earlier years in elementary school. But once the book came out in 2012, that was different. Because, you know, they would question, you'd be like, my great-grandfather, you know, did this really cool thing. And, you know, my mom's doing this and that. And da, 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 da. And he would try to tell his friends about it at school. And they'd be like, you're so full of crap. Like, wow. And so when the book came out, he took the book to school. And he's like, listen, I'm not full of crap. That's wow. my mother. That is so <laughs> you cool. know? Yeah. Like, he had proof to put these people in place. And then it was like, oh, okay, you're not full of crap. School, school is a rough place. It's it's, it's tough. So yeah, it is rough. Um, but I'm glad you're there. Keeping well, it good. yeah. I mean, but I mean, I'm pretty grounded myself. My son's pretty much like me. He's a really grounded kid. Um, you know, I mean, of course, he loves the benefits of it being able to go to the parties and going to the premieres and things like that. But I mean, He's 15. He's worried about high school right now. What the heck is he going to do with his life? Right. (laughs) Which leads me to my next question. Has he adopted the, you know, either comic book world? Does he aspire to be an artist? Is he going to, like, continue that? He's he's a musician. He likes to write, but I don't think he writes comic type stuff. Um, But he's he's definitely more of a musician. He's like his dad in that way. His dad Mm -hmm. was a self-taught musician, professional most of his life. And so he got that ability. And he he and I are funny. We joke about it. He's like, Mom, I wish I had your ability to draw. And I'm like, I wish I had your ability to play music. So... There's got to be a collaboration in there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what about you? Have you considered, I mean, I know, and this might be a good transition into what you're doing with painting. And I'd be curious to know if you were painting before all this, like all your life or not. And if you plan to kind of move it or continue it into the comic world or. Well, I mean, I've always been an artist. I, I mean, I've always been drawing or painting. I went to art school for a little while at high school. I was on track to go to art school and college, but my life just pulled me away in a different direction. Um, Even when I wasn't painting and when I had my child and when I was going through school and stuff, um, I was doing things like making jewelry. I was always creating something in some way. Um, I was doing photography for a long time. Um, And then I just, you know, when I went back to college, I just ran out of time to do stuff. Between school and work and having a small child and running a household, there's really no time for painting. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very fortunate that these days my schedule allows me to be able to get back into, which originally was my first love, which was, you know, art and creating paintings, drawing and things like that. So I... I'm kind of amazed that uh, people like what I'm doing um, and that people want to see more of it and that people are actually paying me for it. Um, it's pretty sweet. Like, you know, it's uh, it's come full circle, I think. I see that there are some Star Wars paintings on your Instagram. Are you a Star Wars fan? I am a huge Star huge Wars fan. Star Wars fan. What did you think of The I Last Jedi? Star Trek. Do not like Star Trek. Definitely like Don't Star like Star Trek. Trek. Interesting. Okay. Do you ever get into any altercations with the with the Trekkies at these conventions? My son, for a long time, although he just confessed to me recently, my son has always been a Trekkie, and I've constantly been trying. Come on, just watch one of the Star Wars movies with me. Come on, they're so good. 
He's like, no, I have no desire. Wow. But now he has a new girlfriend that likes Star Wars. So, so she's she's going to, yeah, yeah. That's so, yeah, it's, a, it's a rite of passage. Persuasion. Sometimes that's what it takes. And <laughs> I watched episode one and it was so bad. I go, Benson, we started off with the worst one. That's why. I go, listen. Do it the way that we all had to do it. Start with episode four. Exactly. Four, five, and six. And then skip over one because you already watched it. <laughs> and then maybe skip over two and three because we don't we don't talk about the prequels. We're, uh... <laughs> I know, but they have to play. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, the third one was the best out of those three. Definitely. Definitely. What are your thoughts on uh, Last Jedi? You liked it? I loved it. I thought it was great. I liked how that they left it open to bring in a new generation. Of course, it's Disney. They have oh, to for sure. That's that was very much the theme. After generation, um, but it's intelligent. That's a smart way of doing it. I mean, you can only carry on the same characters for so long. They all died off. Literally, it was a transition movie. Out with the old characters, in with the new characters. It was yeah. time for that to happen anyway. Force Awakens was not the greatest, but it also set. It was setting up what they were doing for the the last one rogue one standalone was great love rogue one okay. that's how they tied that in to the new hope to put that bridge between number three and number four yeah so interesting literally leads up to the very beginning of four <laughs> like yeah. seconds leading up did you like yeah, the no i really i liked the way that they did that i thought that was really smart that Vader scene, legendary. I haven't met a single person who doesn't like that scene. The the so light lightsaber. The last one that I did, the cover that has Vader on it. Speaking of Vader, you've seen that image, yeah? Yes. Okay. Do you know what the original comic looks like? Um. Because that's comic number one. That's the cover. Ah, uh, no, I didn't even get that reference. Okay. Well, if you ever look at the original comic cover. Darth Vader does not look like Darth Vader. He looks like a freaking bug. Interesting. And then look at the one that I did. I made him look like Vader. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you kind of, you did almost like a, a reworking, kind of like a, oh, yeah. a wow. Yeah, I, I try to make them, I try to give them my own little flair just to make them unique. Even the ones <laughs> that I've done more than once, I, they're never exactly the same. They're always a little different. What if they bring back Vader's bug mask in the next movie? Why would they? <laughs> That's true. See? <laughs> Trick question. Did you Google it? <laughs> no, should I should I do it right now? Okay. We'll we'll pull it up. Hold on one sec. <laughs> All right. So we're doing we're going live right now and we're gonna look this up. Harry, let's let's do this. Okay, so original Original Vader, original costume, Star Wars episode one is it issue one or issue number one issue number one now the other one that i have that has chewbacca in the middle of it um that's a carmine and Contino cover and carmine was a really good friend of my grandfather that's why i chose that one. Oh wait is this right here oh yeah those do look like bug eyes and he's got like a there's like something Does over he, his mouth. He looks like a bug there, and he's green. He's green. He's got like a there's something over his mouth too that looks like a bug eye as well. Yeah. Yeah. This it's is really weird. This is disturbing. Yeah. It's very I disturbing. Mine's okay. way better. Yeah. Okay. Now hold on, <laughs> Harry. Let's look at this. We're gonna pull up Athena's version. Athena, do you want to shout out your um, 
social media handle? Can I say it on uh, over the? Yeah, of okay. course. You find all right. me on all kinds of stuff. All right, Instagram <laughs> Athena dot finger. Oh, actually, Harry's already got it up. What do we got? Okay. Oh, I see. What you're like, no, his mask is not green. This yeah. is the way it should be. Love it. Love it. Sometimes- <laughs> I couldn't just make the whole thing black because then it would have no detail. So if you think about like when light reflects off of black, it kind of has a blue hue to it, right? That's true. It does. No, that's so, great. Hence the blue and black theme. And are you, home. is that, um, did you sell that or are you keeping that or what's your, what are you doing? That looks like a commission piece. Wow. Like, gone. The Someone has it. has it hanging, <laughs> hanging on their wall. I mean, he did it the day he got it. He got wall. <laughs> so there's definitely a market there for re-envisioning Star Wars. Maybe that's maybe that's well, a I've thing. I've done several commission pieces. I've done several Batman ones. Um, this was the first Star Wars commission piece that I've done. Um, I also did a painting of Wolverine. It's the Hugh Jackman movie poster for the movie Wolverine. Where he just is holding up the blade with the, his hand with the three blades uh-huh. in front of his face. So I've done two different versions of that one. Um, and people love that one too. I mean, the last one I did sold right away. So what's the, what's the next, like, what's the future hold? Do you want to turn this into like your full-time situation or? Um, well, I mean, of course I would love to be doing art full-time. No, I'm, I'm still teaching. Um, I still love my job teaching. I really do. I teach math to college students, like basic math. So I would um, I would probably fail your class, unfortunately. It's very recent. Um, I've been only selling my art for less than a year now. I sold my first piece last June, and we're only in March. So I'm still figuring that all out. I have some amazing bands that offered to do my website for me. So they're finishing that up for me. Um, so that people can find me. But you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. I have two different Facebooks. You can find me on Instagram. People have been showing a lot of interest in work. Um, like I said, I've done several pieces for commission. So, um, no, like I said, the fans have been awesome. Like, these guys wouldn't accept anything from me. I'm like, I, I have to pay you something. Like, you're putting a lot of work into this. And you've got, like, a team of people doing it for me. Like, you have to. And he's like, no, you better not send us any money. Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I have something special that will be sent up to them. So I'm just waiting for everything to be finalized so that I can get it active and people can see my stuff other than searching yeah. on Instagram. Exactly. And are you bringing your art to a convention soon? What's the What's the next event? Um, the at? next con that I'm doing is Daytona Beach Comic Con. I will be bringing pieces of art with me. Um, I will also be screening the documentary and doing a, a Q&A, um, talking with the fans, you know, hopefully talking some art with some other people. <laughs> Do you feel like Post, do you feel like post um, documentary, you're you're gonna get like the rise in like being recognized is gonna be like exponentially higher or? Well, I mean, it already has. Um, the first flood was when Mark was on Batman on Batman, right? And then the next flood was when Bill got the credit, and then the next flood was when everybody saw the credit in the movie. Um, then the documentary came out. And there'll be more to come. I mean, I've got a lot of other things that I want to work on. I want to get him a star on the Hollywood 
Walk of Fame. I'd like to get the fans involved with that. Um, I'd like to do a, a GoFundMe once I get the application in and if we're approved. Um, that way the fans are, are there and they get to contribute to Bill getting a star. Um, I think that they'll appreciate that. Um, I know that the fans are always trying to be active in some way. Um, I want to do a nonprofit for artists so that they have a place to go to to protect themselves or get advice. Um, it's, we don't want people who are still, unfortunately, treated the same way as Bill was right. and not getting the credit or the recognition or they're getting shysted in some way and don't know where to go to get the help or how to help themselves. So I'm hoping to get a nonprofit put together for specifically for that purpose. Yeah, the story of, of someone not getting the credit they deserve is it's definitely a, a common story. Um, and I think there's more of them than we even know. Oh, um, yeah. It's not just in the comics. It's in every industry. People are stealing from each other or not giving the recognition to the proper people. So it's a, a sad thing that's still very rampant in our culture. What did Bill end up getting credited for, or from what movie's on, and will it continue? Uh, his name will forever appear next to Bob Kane's name. That's amazing. Hell, um, the hell first yeah. appearance, okay, here's some Uber facts for you. Let's yeah. see if you know your Uber fact. Testing the host, all right. Okay, so first place Bill's name ever appeared. Is it, um, oh, 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 okay. Um, first name, uh, it was, was it on a TV show episode of the, the, the TV show? The original? No, the one, the original Batman from like the... It was. Right? He wrote one episode with, um... And he got like the the first credit. Right. It was in the doc. Yep. Mm hmm. Yes. Okay. Good. Know your stuff. Thank you. Pre credit. Pre credit. Post credit. I feel like you're flipping on me here. You're the you're the host now. <laughs> I want you to know. Okay. Next. Okay. So post credit. What was the first appearance of Bill's name with Bob Cave's name? Oh. Okay. I believe it was. Was it Batman versus Superman? That was the first movie, but his name oh. appeared before that. With Bob, he really? I didn't know about this. On I mean, TV, I, on TV, on TV with Bob King. Gotham. Even before Gotham, before. Gotham was supposed to be the first. You ready? You've stumped Harry. We're trying to figure this out. We're dying to know. You ready? Yeah, Robot we're ready. Chicken. Drum roll, Harry. Robot chicken. Robot chicken. Interesting. Wow. Well, Seth Green is a huge fan. Wow. And knows about my grandfather. That's cr And so he volunteered to give the credit? No. Or... No, he just slipped it in. The first okay. appearance was supposed to be on Gotham. Wow. But he beat Gotham to the punch because Gotham at the time was still aired on Monday on Mondays, on Monday nights. And Robot Chicken comes out on Sundays at midnight, which is technically Monday. Right. Wow. They and literally. That particular weekend, he did his DC Comics parody episode and put Bill's finger in the credits. Wow. That's actually really cool. So, yeah, that was the first legitimate, like, 
for the mm-hmm. creator part of it. The other one, he did get writing credit for the episode back in the 60s for the TV show. Right, right. That's so that was writer's credit. That was not creator. Got credit. it. Well, now he has it forever. <laughs> yes. Huge win for the good guys. That's why I love this story. Yes. So, random question. What about like a Joker movie? Will he get a credit for that, I assume? Uh, partially because that was truly a collaboration between the three of us. The three of us. The three of them. Got it. Corrected. <laughs> <laughs> so, do okay. you feel that there is closure on this story? I mean, I guess you said you're still fighting for the star. So, that's, there's not full closure. You're still fighting the good fight. Well, I mean, there's closure as far as the fact that Bill has his credit, his name is attached to his creation, and that's the ultimate goal. So yes, there is closure. I mean, that doesn't just because you have closure doesn't mean that life stops. I mean, things continue to always change. So the fight to get him credit is over, but that doesn't mean the fight's over. Definitely. So many people out there that are in the same situation. There's so many other situations that are still being fought for. So, I mean, there's closure, yes. But, you know, it is what it is. Life goes on. Keep at it. Life goes on, indeed. That's why I try to do things like talk with the fans and make art for the fans and and keep keep the positive stuff going. Keep the positive stuff going. Love it. So, I'm going to end on a quote. That okay. quote is, Bob Kane was quoted as saying, Bill was in on 50 to 75% of all the creativity in Batman. And also, now that my longtime friend and collaborator is gone, I must admit that Bill never received the fame and recognition he deserved. He was an unsung hero. He never did give Bill Finger the credit that he deserved when he had the opportunity to do so. But now, thanks to you, Athena, Bill has gotten the credit that he rightfully deserves. So shout out to you, Athena. Thank you so much um, for being a part of that. And thank you for coming on the show. This has been super fun to just talk about it. And and we're super stoked to just like hear about your art and see where that's going too. So maybe we'll see you at a convention soon. And hopefully, you know, your fans will see you there too. All I can Uh, do is keep encouraging them. Do you want to shout out your socials again, just real quick, social media? Just Uh, Again, you can find me on Instagram find me on facebook you can find me on twitter just put my name in not too many people have my name (laughs) (laughs) athena finger thank you so much again good luck with your art um and hopefully we'll see that bill finger star uh, on hollywood boulevard hopefully amazing thank you so much for taking the time thank you and for those listening thank you for listening to the writer experience hope to see you next week Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.